welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I am joined as always by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. We have many different ways you can get a hold of us. I'm going to give you the two main ways we like the best. Number one is the Peaceful Ease hotline. It's always hot. It's always open. Call and leave us a message. 424-625-5562 is that number. I'm going to read it to you one more time. It's 424-625-5562. Call us. Leave a message for Ela. She loves to hear your feedback, your questions, your ideas, your thoughts, anything that you would like to hear her thoughts about or hear her expand on, call and leave us that. Or if you just want to say hi, we, we love that too. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com is the email address where you can reach us via email and peacefulease.com is the website, Ela's website, where you can find more about Ela, her work, and what she's up to. Ela, it's so great to be back with you. Hi, Mario. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. I must admit, this topic today is coming out from our conversation just a couple of minutes ago. Yes. For people who are listening from behind the scenes perspective, Ela brings a topic. We start to talk about it before we hit the record button. So we're both on the same page or we get ideas from it. And a lot of times that topic leads into another topic and another topic. And we just have <laughs> such great conversations. Such is the case with this topic today, which I think is very profound, very important. It's something I talk about a lot in my day-to-day conversations with people. And that, of course, is the power of intention. Yeah. And I must say, sometimes we talk about so many things and we realize that we didn't hit the record button. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> yes, we should. We should record everything. Everything. Yeah. At the moment we say hello, that's it. <laughs> that's it. So intention is so important. And it's something that came from another topic that we'll talk about either later in this episode or on the next episode if we don't get to it. But it was like this rabbit hole we went down and ended up at intention. And so I would like you to just open it up and talk about intention from your perspective and what makes it so powerful and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So many years ago, I had this question in my mind. I don't know if I read it somewhere or something, but if you work as a cashier in a bank and you are short of money and like you have kids and there's like a school payment you have to do and you were expecting money to come from somewhere but it didn't happen and somebody leaves an envelope with money in it by the cashier and it's not recorded registered like will you take that and if you take it and spend it like for your child's school money like how bad is it and that kind of thing and i Never knew the right answer. It's like a tricky situation. But in India, I think last year, my teacher, Tayasita Rinpoche, was talking about intention and he gave a similar example. And his answer or his perspective was very interesting. So I would like to share that with you. His example was that you 
think of stealing someone's wallet because you need money or something. But you are not a professional and you get too excited and you end up stealing your own wallet. <laughs> I really like that example because it's so, you know, naive coming from a Rinpoche. <laughs> and you end up stealing your own wallet. Is that still bad? And I was listening, like completely taken by it because I'm like, yes, tell me, this is the answer I need to know. And his perspective was that, yes. Because you had the wrong intention for a minute. And it may be that your actions didn't lead to it, but your intention was wrong from the beginning. And this was a life changer for me because from then on, I had to go and check my thinking this way. Everything I think or everybody I think about, I had to ask myself, What is my intention here saying these things about that person in my mind? Or what is my intention in this situation, hoping this and that outcome as a result? Is that really good? And is it good for me and others? Or is it just good for me and full stop? I want to go back to that example that you talked about in the bank with that envelope of money because that's just super intriguing to me because mm -hmm. there's two different perspectives that come to my mind and I'd love to hear your take on this. And I'll give you an example from my own life. This has happened to me more than one time. I'm out walking my puppy. We're walking through the community or through the neighborhood and I look down and I see a $20 bill and it's just laying in the grass. And so I pick it up. And I think there's $20, but the first thing I think of is gratitude because I have the belief that God, grace, the universe, whatever label you want to give it, is putting that in my path and I don't want to have the energy of pushing it away. They're putting money there, so that gives me that energy of accruing and acquiring money. If I'm at the bank and I see that envelope just sitting there, what perspective is it? Is it you're struggling as a single parent? You're trying to find the money to take care of your children. You're not trying to get money to go do lavish things or go to the spa or anything like that. You're trying to feed your family. You're trying to do those things. And that money appears there. Is it the universe saying, hey, you need a little bit of help because you're a good person because here, go ahead, take that. And you can feel gratitude for that and pay it forward. Or is it that's absolutely not mine. I'm just going to leave it and pass it up. But then You know, the law of attraction tells us if you push that energy away, then you're sending that signal out there. So there's all these different possibilities. What's your take on that? Okay, so I will share my take. And this is my take. And this is what I live with. So if it agrees with you, if it resonates, good. If not, respect mine. I respect others. Yeah. <laughs> right. Before you go there, let me just tell everyone this conundrum, this ideology, whatever you want to call it. There's no good, bad, right, or wrong. There's just what you believe. Yeah. So I'm just super interested to hear what Ela believes because it is a conflicting thing. On one sense, I don't want to send messages out there that I'm not open to receiving mm -hmm. because I believe that that cycle, it's a cyclical thing. You have to be openly giving and graciously receiving. You have to be able to do both for that to continue on. It's a cycle of energy. So I don't want to pass it up and say no, but at the same time, if it's a test and there may be something better on the other side, I don't want to fail that test by taking, right? So it's this huge conundrum and that's in your own I head. Know, I But know. I'm going to let you go now. I just wanted to 
Yeah, I can see both perspectives and I lived both perspectives. So let me explain what I mean. So I'm going to mention two stories here. The first one is when I was a child, and it's the same with my mother, we used to find a lot of coins on the floor. Like we could go anywhere in the fields or in the marketplace. And it's as if like we had this eye for it. You know, we would keep finding little coins and they were not worth much, but we would collect it. It was like a game. And it's exactly like the emotions you described, you found that $20 bill. It's like, oh my God, you know, the universe gave me a gift. And it will make me so happy. It wasn't the value or anything. It's just the gift I received. So I continued like... I often find things on the streets, you know, I find necklaces, I don't know why, like, and sometimes they're very meaningful things. Like once I was writing a novel and the main character had this dragonfly necklace she always wore and I found a dragonfly necklace on the street while writing that. So I'm like, okay, this is a gift from this character and I took it. I still have it and I love it. I absolutely cherish it. However, one day something happened. I was in Miami and I was in a hotel. I went to the cash machine and I put my card in. And before I could put my PIN number in, I found a $50 bill in there, in the cash machine. I was like, wow, this is the biggest gift I ever received. And I took the $50 bill and I got my cash anyway and I left. But something bothered me. Like, it's a lot of money, you know. It's not like finding a small coin on the floor. But it's just like, it just didn't feel right. So I called up one of my teachers uh, from San Francisco Zen Center, Zachary Smith. I was studying the Japanese koans uh, with him back then. And I said, this is what happened. I found this money. And it doesn't feel right this time. What's the rule here? Is there a rule? And he said, well, the rule in Buddhism is the precept about stealing. It says, do not steal. And I said, yeah, I didn't steal this money. It was there. He said, yeah, but the description of do not steal, if you kind of expand that meaning, it's do not take anything that's not given to you. And I was like, okay, so... Can I see this money is given to me from the universe? And he said, is this money given to you explicitly by someone? I'm like, uh-uh. No, nobody said, here it is $50, Ela, take it. I was like thinking, okay. And the thing is, with all my teachers, they're always like, you have to decide for yourself what's right and what's wrong. And I said, okay, I understand. I hung up and I was like, I kind of slept over it and thought about this. And I realized that I don't want to, I decided that I don't want to take anything unless it's explicitly given to me. And this was a big, big agreement because this involves, if I go to a hotel and there are shampoos and there are whatever, like conditioner, body lotion and stuff there. It's given there, it's placed there, it's given to me for me to use there, but it's not placed there for me to take away. So I had to go through my life and find these situations where I take things as a gift, as a part of like my gratitude practice or this and that. 
and then make a kind of clear definition for myself that unless it's explicitly given to me, I'm not going to take it. So after that, the next day, I took that $50 bill. I found a homeless person and I gave it to him explicitly. <laughs> and the guy looked at me like I was insane. He took the money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but he just took the money and he left <laughs> and after that everything I did and I still do has this rule in it so if I go to a hotel and if I use the shampoo and I really like it and I can't finish it so I want to take it with me I just take it down to the reception and say can I have the rest of this and people laugh you know like because nobody does that but I'm proud to ask and they always say, of course, of course, can I give you another one or something? And they do, and I take. It's wonderful. And if I go to a lounge at the airport and it's, there's food there, unlimited. But then I want to take this apple with me, so I have it like in an hour or so. Well, I ask them again, can I have this apple? Can I have this tea bag or something? And when people say yes, it causes a laughter. Sometimes I get more. I get a couple of tea bags or several apples. <laughs> But it's just I feel like, okay, this is a clear point for me now that I personally can take this. It's not left behind. And to just wrap it up, when I discussed this with my friends from Los Angeles doing this kind of Meisner course together, um, one of the girls, Kelly, if she's listening, she was kind of very much touched by the story. And she took that story with her and after two weeks or so she texted me saying I just walked by ten dollars and it wasn't my problem and I thought that's a beautiful way of seeing it because it is a kind of it may become a problem if you don't have a clear definition of how you want to perceive these events and I think she took it to that level that okay, if I take this something, if I don't take this something, it's a problem that I'm going to abandon overall. And that was also a perspective that I kind of cherish and admire in a way that she interpreted it her way. That's interesting. That brings up another story for me from my past. And I'll share it really quickly just to kind of give you a perspective because this left me a little bit I was young. I was just starting high school. It was my first job. And I worked at my cousin owned an arcade and a, like a child's play center where they have birthday parties and they had arcade games and laser tag and all that fun stuff. So I worked there on the weekends and I went to school during the week and worked there on the weekends. And one weekend I was working there and I was working the front counter and I went out to make my rounds and just to go fix a machine or something. I can't even remember what I was doing. But in any case, I looked down on the ground and there's a $10 bill on the ground and nobody else was around. I was just standing there. So I picked up the $10 bill and I put it in the cash register. And I just thought, you know, that was here. It was going to get spent here anyway, whatever. So I put it in the cash register. So the end of the night, they were counting out the cash box and checking it out. And it was, of course, $10 over and they couldn't figure out why. So I just said, I saw a 10 laying on the ground. So I put it in there because I figured it was going to go there anyway. And the response I got was, you should have just kept it. Now it has to go in there because it's been counted. It's been accounted for. Why didn't you just keep it? And I was like, because I just thought it wasn't mine. I wanted to give it to the business. It's my family, my cousins, the business. I thought I was doing that. I was already being paid to be there because I was working there. I thought it was the right thing, mm -hmm. but it made me feel a little bit off because it was like, I tried to do something nice. And then I got kind of that criticism for it from them. Like, 
you should have just kept it. Why didn't you do that? They couldn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a pivotal point where it was like, maybe I should just keep it when I find it. Then maybe it's a gift for me. You know what I mean? That whole thinking like you were just talking about. Exactly. And imagine being in a situation, similar situation where everybody says, oh, you found it and you put it in the register. Great. And then they move on. So this is how we get influenced by our environment. And it's okay to be influenced either way. In the end, I'm influenced by my teacher saying, well, it's not explicitly given to you. But I made that conscious decision. I decided for myself that unless it's explicitly given to me, I'm not taking anything. And I like this because it's so clear that people can like leave anything around me. I don't care. Like They know I'm not going to touch it. And that clarity brings kind of freedom. And as long as you decide which way you want to go, what kind of response you want to have and you find money on the street, it's fine. But just question your response and make sure that it's conscious, not like imposed on you. Now, a real quick here answer, because I have this question too. I was always, I wasn't taught, but I was influenced, as you would say, through different things I've read, different people I've talked to that no matter if it's a penny, if it's a dollar, whatever, if you find it, you should, and it's nobody else is around, it's not claimed, you should take it because that sends an energetic message that you're open to receiving more money. Do you believe that or no? I believe if I'm supposed to receive more money, it will come to me directly, to me. And it will be that obvious. It's not going to be on the street like me bumping into the money. It's going to be like, here it is, Ella. This is the result of your work or this is the money you're supposed to get it could be from anywhere but it will be a source that is directed at me only that's my criteria now if it's different for others that's fine but that's how i live clear enough i like it clear parameters clear decision and at the end of the day again no good bad right or wrong the only thing is whatever decision you make for yourself you have to be able to live with that clearly and feel good about it. That's all it should be. If you feel good about like, Ela, you have these rules and you makes you feel good. And a lot of times you see it leads to more abundance because when you ask for a shampoo, they give you two shampoos. <laughs> you feel good about it. That's what matters. It's not that you're doing it the right way. You're doing it your way that works for you. Yeah. And I think that's important. And having that clarity is, makes you feel someone with principles and that allows people to trust you more and that brings up all sorts of different possibilities like for example I was backpacking in Fiji one of the best holidays I ever had when I was just supposed to be backpacking I ended up meeting the right people I ended up meeting Mark Hewlett on the bus and he had some television show back then. I think I didn't know who he was. He was like on the cover of Men's Health magazine and stuff. I didn't know. I haven't, didn't have a clue. But we started chatting and he was leaving the island. He said, I'm going to have a dinner with my uncle. Would you like to come? And I said, yes. And we went to this dinner and I met his uncle. And then his uncle said, tomorrow morning, there's like a charity event. Would you like to join me? And I said, okay, because I was backpacking, doing nothing. I was just like after my college studies. And we went there and at the entrance of the restaurant, they were giving out like raffle tickets. And I picked up one 
and I won the biggest award that day. <laughs> me being me. There you go. <laughs> and it yeah. was like a luxury boat trip for a day for two people and you know, unlimited drinks and lunch and breakfast and snacks and stuff and going around Fijian islands. And I was like, okay. I said to the uncle, would you like to come with me or would you like to take the tickets and go with your wife or something? Like, I'm not going to go alone. And he said, okay, I'll come with you. <laughs> nice. And then we ended up having this luxury tour together. And at the end of the day, the uncle said, you know, it was such a wonderful day. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. I have this light aircraft company. And I was going out around flying tomorrow. Would you like to join me so we can fly around and see a couple of more islands? I was like, all right. <laughs> so I ended up next day flying a light aircraft myself. I was like, you know, it was so exciting. But the message of the story is like, that was to me okay. It was like really given to me all these, it's like chance turning up me, winning the raffle and people's generosity. And also like not having the attachment on my side saying, would you like to take my tickets, this boat tour ticket and do it with your wife? I really didn't care. And that's the kind of intention and openness and the gifts I expect from the universe. Otherwise, if it's too random, I try not to take it personal. Mm. That's profound. Great story, by the way. How are the Fijian Islands? Beautiful? Oh, I think it's one of my favorite places on the planet. Just not just because beautiful. The people are so beautiful. Everyone is so smiling, happy, and very friendly. And they come up to you and talk. And I was thinking, oh, they want to sell me something first, being like the Westerner, kind of paranoid Westerner tourist. But no, everyone was so helpful, so interested in you as a person wanting to know where you live, how you live, and so positive. So I absolutely love Fiji. Awesome. Great stuff, Hila. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation off the cuff, but so <laughs> impactful and just a lot of fun. So thank you so much. I want to just remind people really quickly to be part of the show, the Peacefulies hotline, 424-625-5562. You can also email us, podcast at peacefullies.com. And peacefullies.com is where you can go to see what Hila's up to, keep track of her, ask her questions, connect with her. That's her hub. That's where she is. Ela, thank you again so much. And I can't wait to pick up the conversation soon. Yeah. Thank you, Mario. See you soon. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pereca. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Hila, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself. <laughs>